This is the Internet Ballers Podcast, Episode 11. You're listening to the Internet Ballers Podcast with your host, Michael Pasha. The show for internet entrepreneurs who want to accelerate their progress and expand their vision by standing on the shoulders of giants. Welcome to the Ballers Circle. Thanks for joining and welcome to the Baller Circle. I'm Michael Pasha, the host of the Internet Ballers podcast, and this is the June monthly roundup episode. So on this episode, it's just going to be me. There's no interview guest, and I'm going to be going through my takeaways from the interviews that I did this month. So I'm going to be talking about the interview I did with Jason Van Orden, with Nicole Holland, and my interview with Raul Rodriguez and Sebastian Asaf. So first... Let's talk about Jason Van Orden. Now, Jason is a very, very well-known person in the internet marketing space, uh, and he had some serious, serious knowledge bombs uh, on the episode, the interview that he did this month. Uh, so I just wanted to walk, walk through some of the takeaways that I had. Uh, so one of the things that really struck me was um, he was talking about uh, the fact that you need to do content marketing to create a brand or to be a person of influence. And you need to do paid traffic uh, to be able to have a traffic strategy that you can scale dependably. So, uh, and that and that was sparked by a question that I asked him about his uh, webinar that I was on earlier that day, where he was talking about paid traffic. Um, and I think the the paid traffic versus free, free traffic strategy, or really the combination of using both uh, in a internet marketing strategy, is pretty awesome. You know, because the content marketing piece, obviously, that's how you brand yourself. You you show your audience and, and anyone following you that you really know what you're talking about. You can you can speak on a wide variety of topics, and you know they're going to want to follow you because of that, and that's how you build a brand. But to really really grow and scale that traffic, SEO isn't really something you can turn on and off when you want to. It's kind of you know you're you're at the mercy of Google and uh, or whatever other search engine you may be using. And those tools aren't things you necessarily have control over. Whereas with paid traffic, you know, you can really turn that off. You can you can take one dollar and, and use it to make two. So having a combination of those two things in a internet marketing strategy, I think, is uh, incredibly great. And, and Jason really highlighted that and, and pointed that out. Um, and uh, yeah, and that's what he said that that in his business and most successful businesses, uh, they have a mix of both content marketing uh, and a paid traffic strategy. Uh, he also talked about having a business partner. So. Anyone who's familiar with the Internet Business Mastery podcast and the Internet Business Mastery uh, blog that uh, Jason and his partner, uh, Jeremy Franson, run, uh, you know you know that Jason has a business partner. They've worked together for over 10 years. Uh, and he talked about being careful uh, in selecting a business partner and to make sure that you both have the same goals and want to move in the same direction. Uh, he also talked about it's you know kind of nice to have someone to constantly bounce ideas off of and not have to deal with... Uh, feeling lonely. Sometimes as an entrepreneur, you can feel like you're out there on an island and there's really no one uh, maybe within your immediate circle of friends and family that, that can relate to the things you're doing. So having a business partner helps a lot with that. Uh, he also talked about the fact that you bring uh, different strengths to the table, right? And because of the fact that you bring different strengths to the table, you might not necessarily want to always split the work 50-50. Uh, because if you have someone who's you know maybe better in one area and someone else is better in a different area, it makes more sense for you both to focus on your strengths than to just split the work down the middle and you do half and the other person does the other half because you know, you're, you're not really playing to your strengths 
and you're not using your time most efficiently. Um, another thing that Jason talked about that I really liked uh, was he talked about how to make sure that each person uh, is pulling their weight because if, if that's not happening in a partnership, uh, resentment is going to build up. I mean, it's, it's just inevitable. You need to have also good and frequent communication uh, and to be very clear with your expectations for the business. Uh, he mentioned uh, Michael Gerber's e-myth uh, was something that they use a lot in their business, how they build out an, an org chart uh, with that. Now, I'll have a link to that book in the show notes. Um, and he took uh, the, uh, the Strengths Finder assessment uh, and also the, uh, the Colby A assessment uh, and use those to kind of figure out um, what each person's strengths are in, in, the, in the relationship, in the business. So you kind of know what to focus on, what the other person should focus on, and how to balance things out. Another thing Jason mentioned um, was the importance of uh, balancing your personal life and your business life. So he talked about um, how, in particular, what he does with his wife is uh, he's very inquisitive about the needs that she has and he talks about how important it is to be inquisitive about the needs of anybody in your life with your whether it's your business partner your friends your uh, children uh, your spouse to really figure out what motivates them uh, so that you can find out how to keep that relationship close how to and also to stay always in constant communication and to listen uh, closely to really figure out what that, that person's needs are um, and also the fact that you can't sacrifice your needs because if you feel completely deprived, you won't have what it takes to provide to the good relationship. Um, another thing he talked about was being deliberate in your lifestyle. Uh, and so designing a lifestyle that is one that you want to design and not really letting um, other people decide your lifestyle for you. So either whether that be family members or friends or even people you look up to. So if I, if I, for example, were to look at Jason's business and Jason's lifestyle, maybe that's not the proper lifestyle for me. Maybe that's not the things that I want in my life. So I have to be deliberate about figuring out for myself what I think is most valuable. Um, next was Nicole Holland. So Nicole is the, um, the owner of the Business Building Rockstar Show. Uh, she hosts the Business Building Rockstar Summit. And... Um, I really like the fact that um, Nicole pointed out the fact that a lot of entrepreneurs, um, they are constantly bombarded by people on the Internet who are just shooting out information to them. And she pointed out how important it was to realize that information is everywhere, especially with this day and age uh, with the Internet and free content coming out all the time. And what people need more than they need information is support and guidance. Another thing Nicole talked about that I really liked was um, working with social networks. So she mentioned that if you're going to be learning a social network, it's important just pick one and really pick one that you enjoy being on. Now, I hear a lot of people talking about how you need to find out where your audience is and be where they are. But, you know, there's so many social networks out there. I mean, obviously, you have the main ones like Facebook and Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, um, but you know, the, the really important thing Nicole pointed out was that you need to find a place, a platform that you enjoy, because really, if you don't enjoy being on there, your listeners are going to know, your, your, your readers are going to know, you know, the people who are watching your videos are going to know. So if you're a video person, you know, Facebook Live may be your place and um, Periscope may be your place or um, uh, Snapchat may be your place. If you're 
more of a uh, you know a writer than maybe Twitter or Facebook. Um, traditional Facebook is the place to be. So just really finding out where you like to hang out, and that will come across uh, to your audience, um, and then you'll be able to really uh, grow and expand your business uh, a lot more. Nicole also stressed the fact that social media is just that. It's social media and that you need to treat it like you would treat people that you're talking to in person. So if you were to meet someone at a party, how would you interact with them? Uh, if you were to meet someone at a networking event, how would you interact with them? Well, people want to be interacted with the same way on social media. So instead of just posting, posting, posting content, you want to interact with people, ask them questions, answer their questions, figure out like what their true desires are and likes are and, and really start a dialogue with them. So then you can really build a relationship with that person and you'll be surprised how you can really connect with people and have them respond to you and really get into a meaningful conversation instead of just, you know, pumping out information and hoping that someone listens to that information or reads that information. So Nicole gave the advice of testing out a social media platform for a month to see how your audience and potential audience responds. And, uh, you know, if they're responding, then clearly that's a platform you may want to continue using. If they're not responding, then maybe you want to move on and find, uh, find another platform that works for you and works for your audience. The next thing she talked about that I really liked was how to stay motivated. Uh, so she talked about the importance of really getting down to your why. Now, we've, we've talked about this before, Fernando Luiza. Um, last month talked a lot about uh, getting to your why and I really like what he had to say about that but Nicole um, you know she said something really profound that I liked which she said you know if your why uh, is not bigger than your circumstances then eventually you're gonna want to quit because you're gonna come up with a reason um, to quit once you start to struggle in the business and once things aren't uh, going the direction in which you expected them to so you have to come up with a large enough why so that, that why is bigger than your circumstances. And you come up with that by really, really doing a lot of self-analysis work, figuring out what really motivates you. Why do you really want to do this business? And it's not really usually about money. I mean, money is a means to an end. So if that's the thing you're focused on, what is the end? What is the end result that you're really looking for? She mentioned that you can't build something if you're constantly in fear, if you're in a state of desperation, or if you're constantly feel like it's not going to happen. Because if you, if, you, if you constantly feel like it's not going to happen, if you're always doubting yourself, then you're not really going to put all the work you need to put into it because you're going to feel like, hey, you know, this might not work out. And if I put all this effort in, it doesn't work out, I'm going to be really disappointed. So let me put like a half, half effort in, 50% or whatever. And that 50% effort that you put in subconsciously um, is really going to lead your business to, uh, you know, not be nearly as successful as it would be if you win 100%. And Nicole said... You know, and I agree with her that if you're in the right mind frame, you have the right state of mind, you're going to be willing to do whatever it takes to make the business work. That means long hours, that means working nights and weekends, whatever sacrifices that you have to make so that you can make your business successful. And sometimes it may make sense that, hey, if, if you're not willing to make that sort of investment that in, in terms of um, what you need to do in order to get your business going, it might make sense to... Uh, put the business to the side for a little bit and uh, wait until you are in a place where you can focus on your business 100% and you have the mindset that's, that's, that's uh, really going to allow you to propel the business forward because otherwise you may just be spinning your wheels and wasting your time and frustrating yourself even more. And Nicole was a strong believer in hiring a coach. So she said, you know, if you're serious, you're going to invest in a quality coach and not just a program that just gives you content. 
she, she mentioned the importance of not rushing into getting a coach either to really get to know yourself and what you really need from a coach and be able to go out and find a coach that truly resonates with you and can truly deliver the things that you're looking for. She gave some good pointers for figuring out how to find the right coach. So finding out who that coaches also work with and contacting those people individually to make sure it's in line with the type of things that you want to produce yourself. So next I want to talk about Raul Rodriguez from BassFishingSource.com. So Raul uh, was focused a lot on uh, how he overcame imposter syndrome. So when he started his blog, he didn't want to come across as an imposter and he certainly didn't want his readers to know that he felt like an imposter. So he had to come up with a strategy for overcoming this uh, doubt that he had in his mind about his business. Uh, so what he said he did is he started to think about Google search and how it works, right? That a lot of people were finding his blog through a Google search that they were doing. And since they were doing a Google search, that meant that whatever question they were asking, they didn't have the answer to. And he thought to himself and he said, well, yes, I may not be the foremost expert in the world on this topic, but I do have an answer to this question. So for all intents and purposes, in this particular situation, I am an expert. I'm the person who can answer this question. And so therefore, I'm qualified to provide information to these particular issues. Uh, and so and that and that realization helped him to overcome uh, his issues with uh, imposter syndrome. Uh, and I think that that's that's really important, because I feel like that applies to uh, a lot of people trying to start businesses who feel like because they're not the expert or because there's someone out there who may know more than them that they shouldn't be speaking about the issue. But all you really need to know is how to answer certain questions of people who are asking them. And if you're providing that value, then, you know, you shouldn't feel like an imposter. The next thing that Raul talked about was how he sets his goals. So he likes to set uh, time standards for his goals. He uses a 90-day uh, goal-setting framework that was actually created by Nicole St. Germain from TakeBetterNotes.com. Uh, and uh, with that framework, uh, Raul is able to lock himself into 90 days to complete this goal and create a schedule of smaller, more micro goals that lead up to that larger goal so that he can stay on track and make sure that he gets everything in within that 90 day framework and doesn't allow himself to push the goal out further. Uh, and he has to do whatever it takes to get it done within that 90 days. So the next thing that Raul talked about was the importance of having a mastermind group and how he's benefited a lot from that. Uh, and Raul is a member of uh, the mastermind group that I'm a part of, along with um, two other members of the group. Uh, and uh, with that, we meet on a uh, regular basis. And uh, in the beginning of the mastermind group, we were meeting uh, once a week. And uh, then we recently changed the schedule to meet once a month. Uh, but anyone who's not familiar with the mastermind group, basically it's a group of individuals who have similar goals. So we're all, uh, in the internet marketing space. Uh, and, uh, although we have different businesses that we're focused on specific in that space, uh, since we're all in that same kind of area, we can advise each other on, uh, helping each other with any problems that we have. So you meet with, with that group on a regular interval. Like I said, with us, we meet once a week and you can, you know, have it even once a month or once a quarter or whatever works for your schedule. And, um, you know, uh, during the meeting, someone's in the hot seat, which means that person is responsible for, you know, coming up with a goal or coming up with a problem that they want to discuss with the group. And then the group goes around in a circle discussing, you know, ideas that they have for solving that problem. Uh, and it's really good because you get to bounce your ideas off other people and get some ideas that, 
you may not have thought of uh, on your own if it weren't for the group. Uh, the other great thing that the mastermind group does is it helps you to stay accountable. And this is another thing that Raul talked about was that that's the main thing that it helped him with was his accountability because each week or each uh, each meeting, um, you state what your goals are for the next meeting. And, uh, you know, you know, you have people that are expecting you to talk about what you accomplished in between meetings and, you know, having someone there that, you know, you have to explain yourself to as to what you did uh, helps you to stay accountable. Um, and, uh, that's one of the great things that I've gained from the mastermind group and, uh, and Raul has as well. So I would encourage any of you out there listening who are not part of a mastermind group to join one or start one because they are uh, really, really powerful, uh, ways of accomplishing goals and staying accountable and on track. Um, the last thing that Raul talked about that I thought was really important was, uh, keeping a schedule. So he plugs his activities into a Google calendar. And uh, he maintains his schedule that way uh, so that he has specific times that he's set aside for all the activities of his business. In addition to that, he uses it to balance his work and family life. So he has his calendar that he shares with his family members, with his wife, with his children. And, you know, they can see what activities he's going to be working on at certain parts of the day. And they can plug in time to spend time with him. So he plans date nights with his wife through the calendar. He plans, you know, time to play baseball or video games with his kids through that same calendar. Um, And uh, it's a really uh, good way to stay organized and to make sure that all the activities that you want to get done can get done because they're all scheduled out and the other people who are important in your life are aware of what your schedule is so things can be worked around uh, that particular schedule. So last I wanted to talk about my interview with Sebastian Asaf. So um, Sebastian was attracted to online business because of the freedom that it allowed him to have to be able to set his own schedule, to work his own hours. And, you know, he reflected upon his dad's lifestyle, that the fact that his dad didn't have the freedom to uh, come to a lot of family events, to be present during his childhood because he was busy working six to seven days a week leaving for work early in the morning, coming home late at night because he had an obligation to provide for his family. And Sebastian wanted to find another way. He wanted to find a way that he could make income and provide for his family, the one that he doesn't necessarily have yet, but his future family, and uh, also have the time to be able to uh, do other things, live the kind of lifestyle that he wants. Um, So what he's doing to make money is affiliate marketing, the same thing that I'm working on, and it's a great source of income for anyone who's you know who's starting out and trying to make money who doesn't have a lot of capital to invest when I asked him about how he finds the particular products that he sells uh, he, he talked about how it's important to personally get value from the products so he promotes products that he uses himself and I, I do the exact same thing you know I, I know that in order for me to promote something I have to use it I have to get value of it I have to get value from it Because in order to have the passion to really want to write about it and really want to tell other people about it, I have to believe in the product. And uh, and also, you know, I don't want to clearly I don't want to suggest something or 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 tell someone to to buy something that I think is either a poor product or I haven't even done the work to even find out whether it's a poor product or not. So I think it's really important to make sure you use the product, uh, any product that you're going to be recommending to other people and uh, and make sure that it's something that they're going to get value from because. You know, that's one of the quickest ways to ruin your brand is if you recommend something that doesn't work or that is, you know, uh, even a a scam, potentially, uh, the word's going to get out that you're the one who recommended it and uh, your audience is going to be pretty upset about that. 
Another thing that he mentioned that I really liked was a way of getting over imposter syndrome by stop focusing on yourself and focusing on those you can help, right? There's so many people out there who no matter what place you are in your business who can learn something from you. And if you stop focusing on, you know, yourself and, and how you don't, how you have, how long you've been in business, which you think you don't know, how you think, you know, you don't have the greatest looking website or whatever it is that may be holding you back. There are people out there who need the information that you have to provide. And although you may not realize it, there are those individuals who need your help. And if you focus on helping them, you'll be less focused on, you know, any sort of negative comments you may get from creating a YouTube video that's not stellar or putting out a podcast episode that's, you know, has some mistake in it or putting out a blog post that uh, that you think, you know, someone who is more experienced may make fun of. Don't worry about that. Just focus on your business and uh, focus on those people you can help. Another thing that he pointed out that I think is really, really important is the fact that you don't need to learn everything you get your hands on, but that you really need to understand what your goals are and what your why is and pick a strategy that works without getting distracted by every other attractive opportunity. You know, a lot of people talk about shiny object syndrome where you start working down uh, going down one rabbit hole, working on one strategy, and then something else comes up. It looks really attractive, and you're like, oh, well, maybe this will be faster, or maybe this will be better. But the truth is, you really need to stay focused on that single thing until you get good at it. Because until you really get good at that, you switch to something else, you're going to start working on that thing, and then something else will come up, and then something else will come up. And you'll never really get good at anything, and you'll never gain the skill that you need to really test out whether or not a strategy that you're working on is a good strategy or not. So Sebastian suggested, you know, working on it until you're good at it or until you've done it enough that you can truly say that you've put the time in to know that this is something that uh, is failing for you and that it's time to really move on to something else. And as we talked about before with Jason Van Orden, you know, Sebastian also uh, mentioned, you know, free traffic versus paid traffic. And for him, uh, you know, it was the difference between whether you have more time or whether you have more money. You know, he said, if you have more time, then you could focus on getting free traffic because free traffic takes a lot more time and a lot less money. But if you have some money to invest, then you can focus on paid traffic because it's something that you can scale and it's something that you can get traffic from and get sales from a lot quicker. But as Jason mentioned, and I think Sebastian would agree with, I think it's important and uh, helpful to have a mix of doing both in your business. Another great thing that Sebastian pointed out that I, I, I really liked uh, was he talked about uh, having the freedom to do things during the day that people who work nine to fives don't. Uh, so he talked about not needing to miss out on certain events that happen during the day, maybe, you know, your child's recital or your niece's recital or, you know, any sort of uh, activity that friends may be hosting uh, and it's happening during the workday. You don't have to take off work. If you have a freedom business, you can just tailor your schedule around that event and be able to go. You also have access to services that are only open from 9 to 5. I mean, I'm sure all of us that have a day job have had those instances in which you have to go to the post office, and so you have to sneak away from work and get to the post office before they close, or you want to go to the bank, or any of these businesses which typically work 9 to 5, and if you can't get out of work, you really won't be able to get there uh, in time to take advantage of the service, whereas if you have a freedom business and have control over your schedule, you can... you know, tailor your schedule around those in particular needs. So another benefit of having the freedom business. And Sebastian gave the advice that if you're going to work with a friend or with a family member, you need to make sure that you have mindsets and goals that are aligned. 
So you both want the same thing from the business. You both have the same sort of work ethic. You both have the same sort of belief uh, in the business and how it's going to work. Because otherwise, if there's that friction, especially from the beginning, it's unlikely the business is really going to work out. And it's very likely that both of you are going to get stressed out and you may even ruin the relationship uh, because of uh, because of the business. The last thing that Sebastian mentioned that I, uh, I really liked was uh, he was talking about the importance of enjoying your lifestyle. So Sebastian currently is working, he said, 30 minutes to two hours a day, five days a week. So that's his work schedule, you know, and he was honest about it. He said, hey, you know, maybe if I worked more hours, I could, you know, accelerate my business faster. And, you know, you can compare that to some other people who may be working, you know, even people that have freedom businesses, maybe working 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 hours a week to build up their business. I think one thing that's really important to remember and really important to focus on is what do you want out of life, right? Not modeling your business after someone else, but figuring out what you want. So for someone like Sebastian, it's clear that he's making enough money working 30 minutes to two hours a day. And so he gets the freedom to do whatever he wants with his time. uh, And that is more valuable than focusing that time on building the business more and making more money. Now, uh, for some people, that may not be the case. Some people may want to really ramp up because they want they want more money and they want to be able to scale up their business. Uh, so they're going to put in the time. So it's not necessarily there isn't necessarily a right or a wrong way. It's just all about what do you want out of your life and really modeling your business after what you want, not necessarily what other people want for you. It was a, a great story that someone told me that I really liked. And I think it fits in well with uh, what Sebastian was talking about. And uh, the story was a story about a, uh, a poor fisherman. So this rich guy, he comes to this island for vacation. And when he gets off his huge yacht, he sees a guy sitting, on a, sitting by a palm tree with a fishing pole. You know, he's got tattered clothes on. He clearly doesn't have a lot of money. And he just sits there for hours and hours and hours and he's fishing. And he catches some fish, he puts them in a bucket, and he proceeds to walk home. And then the rich guy comes up to him and he says, hey, I want to help you out. What I think you should do is you should create a business. You buy a fishing boat, you start to catch some fish, you sell it at the market. And the guy said, and then what? He said, well, then you, you can scale that business. You can hire other fishermen, and then you can get more boats and then you can sell more fish. And he said, well, and then what? And he said, well, then you can, you can build an entire enterprise. You build this uh, entire shipping enterprise. Maybe you can you know, start canning fish and shipping them all over the country, maybe all over the world. And he said, and then what? And then you make all this money, and then you, you have an a initial public offer and, and sell your company on the stock exchange, and you make millions and millions of dollars. And he said, and then what? And he said, well, then you have all this money, and you can kind of do whatever you want with. So then you'd have the freedom to, you know, fish all day long. And the man looked at him and he said, yeah, but I'm already doing that, right? So it's like, why would he go through all that work of changing his lifestyle so he can do what he's already enjoying doing? So that's an important perspective to remember uh, when starting your freedom business is what do you want? What kind of lifestyle do you want? And why do you want it? And the more you understand that, the more you're going to be able to actually build the business that's going to work for you, that you're going to be happy with ultimately. So now I want to take a pivot and focus on what I'm working on in particular in my business. Uh, So 
The things that I'm working on right now is I'm still doing affiliate marketing. So I have some products that I've identified that I've been marketing. So writing blog posts about these products uh, and really the um, main thing that I've been focused on is creating Facebook ads. Uh, so the Facebook ads are going well. Um, I've really been able to get my cost per click down significantly, uh, coming out with better headlines and uh, really understanding all the dynamics of, uh, of creating good and effective Facebook ads. And, you know, it's all learning process and step by step, I get a little bit better. Uh, and I, I've really been enjoying it. Um, the other thing that, that I've been working on is uh, growing the podcast. So in terms of monthly downloads uh, and in terms of being able to, to attract more guests. Uh, and now I'm at a point um, where I have guests reaching out to me and requesting to be on the show, which is great because, you know, in the beginning, I struggled a lot trying to find guests for the podcast. Uh, and so it's great to see people responding uh, and actually requesting to be on the show. Uh, so an update that I did want to tell you about is so I uh, am going to be having some really, really great uh, Internet marketers uh, on the show coming up. John Lee Dumas is going to be coming up uh, in September. I'm going to be interviewing John. Uh, Vince Reed from VinceReed.com. I did an interview with him, which was really, really great. He dug into his story a lot. And uh, I'm going to re- be releasing that interview uh, in uh, in July. And Tim Irway, who is the CEO of Elite Marketing Pro, uh, did a great interview with him. And uh, I'll be releasing that interview uh, shortly as well. Uh, and so one thing that I decided to do was I am going to uh, create a lead magnet and I'm going to be recording videos of my podcast interviews, and I'm going to use that as a uh, as a lead magnet, uh, and uh, allow people to opt into my email list and give them access uh, to those video interviews for people who are interested in them. So I did want to share with you a little bit about how I was able to get these interviews with John Lee Dumas, with Tim Irway, and with Vince Reed. So what I did was I attended the No Excuses Summit in San Diego in May. Um, and really, I used that event to, to network. So I heard that John was going to this event, so I decided to buy a ticket. I showed up. I paid to upgrade to the Platinum Party so I would have uh, better access to them uh, in, a, in a better setting than just um, you know trying to <laughs> run after them as soon as they got off the stage or something like that. And what I did once I got to the event was I, I went up to um, you know each of the people that I was interested in. Now before I got there I did I did you know research who they were, research what I wanted to talk to them about and uh, and yeah, I just went up to them on the, in the conference and said, you know I introduced myself, uh, told them about my podcast. I printed out shirts with my podcast logo on it so I could kind of use it as a talking point. So I pointed to the shirt, I let them see it, you know, had some business cards printed up, I, you know, handed out my business cards and just, you know, sparked up a conversation, told them about the show and said, hey, I would love to have you on the show, you know, and uh, and each of them agreed. So I got to schedule those interviews. So I would say for anyone out there who's looking to either do some guest posting or another blog, to get on someone's YouTube channel or to get uh, someone as a guest on your podcast, you know, a conference is a great strategy for getting in touch with some people uh, that you might not necessarily always have access to. Um, so the last thing that I wanted to discuss was something that I feel is uh, is really, really important, and that is the power of persistence and perseverance. And this really was inspired by an episode of the Art of Manliness podcast where uh, the author of Grit, 
the power of passion and perseverance uh, was interviewed. And, uh, you know, she talked about some really, really important things. She talked about the factors of grit, right? Um, and she said that uh, there are four factors of grit. So um, one is you need to find uh, people that have grit have uh, found the nuances in their interests and they're able to dig deeper uh, into it so that they can stay engaged in and interested, right? Uh, they also have the capacity to practice uh, their weaknesses and get feedback from coaches and really reflect on that feedback and make refinements and continue to improve over and over and over again. Uh, another thing is they have a sense of purpose that what they are doing is not just about them, but for the greater good, for their team, for their country, for society. They have a feeling of mission and purpose. Uh, and because of that, they are able to persevere even when they have times of self-doubt because it's not just about them. It's about the community that they're working for. Uh, and then they also have a hope uh, and they focus on what they can control and don't spend as much time focusing on trying to change things that they can't control. Another piece that she talked about um, was was passion, right? She, she said that, you know, people often uh, are, are given the advice that they need to follow their passion. But the reality is that so many of us don't know what our passion is. You know, it's like, hey, yeah, I would follow my passion if you told me what it was. Uh, but she said that, you know, people that have true grit, people that are really successful, what they do is they do deliberate practice. So they're very methodical and intentional about their work and they're, they're very specific uh, in the aspects of their overall perform the over the aspect of their overall performance that they are trying to work on. Uh, and so it's yes, you might not always be passionate, but if you are deliberate, if you have a goal in mind and you just you know are just focused on the end goal and the results that you want, then you're going to be able to um, develop grit. And I think grit is is a uh, really, really important trait. Uh, I want to develop a lot more for myself, so I wanted to share that uh, a little bit with you. So thanks a lot. I'm really uh, happy that you uh, listened to this episode. I enjoyed uh, all the interviews that I did this month, enjoyed sharing some takeaways with you, and enjoyed sharing with you um, what I'm working on in my business. So yeah, if you have any questions, uh, definitely head over to the Internet Ballers podcast uh, and uh, write a review, go over to the blog, and uh, drop a comment, send me an email, uh, get in touch with you, get in touch with me. Uh, I can be found at Michael at internetballers.co. And uh, yeah, I love to love to hear with you uh, what you have to say. Any any advice you have on the show, or any, any guests you'd love to for me to get in contact with, uh, definitely let me know. So thanks for listening, and uh, welcome to the Baller Circle. Have a great week, and I'll see you on episode twelve next week with Vince Reed. Thanks for listening to the Internet Ballers podcast. Don't miss out on next week's episode. Head over to iTunes to subscribe and leave a review. Check out the Internet Ballers blog at internetballers.co for more tips on how to accelerate your progress and expand your vision.